Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning. It is the Car Care Show each and every Saturday morning. Steve Thompson in for Denny Long. Denny's on a good neighbor tour. He'll be back in two weeks. Next Saturday morning, John Hines sitting in. We are pleased to be joined by Nick Stoffel. From Lloyd's Automotive on fabulous Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Nick, good morning. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good to visit with you. And by the way, this show is all about your calls and texts. Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line 651 461 9226. 651 461 9226. We went from blazing hot to uh, autumn like Nick and I would assume now is the time to start thinking about getting that vehicle ready for winter. There is a to-do list, isn't there? Absolutely. We went from air, air conditioning season, which was extended a bit. Uh, you know, it's cooling down, and there's some spots around. If you look, the trees are starting to have a different tint to them. So right. we need to start thinking about those winter uh, driving items, getting the, you know, the fall items, and just the next season's upon us. Yeah, and Nick, uh, you know, beyond uh, fluids, oil changes, et cetera, one of the things, tires, um, do, do you see a lot of people actually still using snow tires or winter tires, if you will, on their vehicles? You know, it, it's funny you bring that up because I would say in the last handful of years, some of the more sportier vehicles with those really low-profile tire setups that we see, they, you know, the the aesthetics of those wheels are just amazing, but they don't do very well in winter driving. So a lot of those folks end up with a second set of not just tires, but a second set of wheels also. So they have their summer set and winter set. They'll, they'll transition or switch off to those. Typically, we don't see a lot of that until late October, early November, when we start to really kind of get deep into fall and we start to uh, see a little bit of snow. Yeah, no more Halloween blizzards. Anybody who remembers that, we we, we don't want that anymore. Uh, by the way, uh, Nick is uh, here each and every morning with Denny Long. And by the way, the number again six five one four six one nine two two six. If you have a question about your vehicle uh, for Nick, feel free to get a hold of us. And we got one right out of the gate. Speaking of air conditioning and heat. I have a 2002 Nissan Maximum with about 120,000 miles on it. A month ago, the AEC failed. Some parts were replaced and repaired. Yesterday, I turned on the heater, and it only blew cool air. The vehicle was warmed up, so the heater should be working. 
Could this be related to the AAC problem, or is this a new problem? You know, that's a tough call. I mean, it, it could be related. You know, the heating and air conditioning systems use a lot of the same components and moving parts. Uh, then again, it could be completely different. I don't know what components were replaced, but usually what my, uh, we see when we have the temperature changes aren't what we want. You know, the vehicle's warmed up. It's capable of creating heat or the air conditioning's on. It's capable of creating the cold air. If those systems... On the under the hood are working as designed. A lot of times inside the car, where that blend door, or the temperature door is, where it's supposed to change the temperature for us, there's a little motor that controls that door. And if that motor or door are not getting full range, you may not have full range of temperature inside the vehicle. Um, coolant. Uh, modern vehicles generally have coolant that you don't have to exchange just merely check the level, potentially top it off. But uh, a a modern vehicle in good operating condition shouldn't ever go through coolant. Yeah, the coolant is not a consumable. You know, it's a sealed system. Well, it's not a sealed system, but it's a system that, and and we maybe change that fluid now every 100,000 miles, where if you go back to yesteryears, it was maybe every two or three years. So the coolant has gotten much, much better um, but along with many other components of the vehicle, one thing though that, that we've learned though is as these systems last longer and more efficient, we have a less tendency to check on those items. So just because a coolant is good for 100,000 miles doesn't mean from time to time you shouldn't pop the hood to take a peek at that reservoir or, or the oil or any, brake fluid, any of the fluids that there's a reservoir with the ability to check. From time to time, we need to keep an eye on or, or the oil or brake fluid, any of the fluids that there's a reservoir with the ability to check, from time to time we need to keep an eye on those things because that is your first warning there could be something wrong. A uh, long, long time ago, uh, we had vehicles, and my, my dad would swap them out in the driveway. Uh, thermostats would go bad. Is, is the concept still the same in modern engines, the old thermostat that would kind of open up and once the car was warm, you'd get heat once that opened up? There, there is still a, a thermostat or an item that controls the temperature. So, and many are still the same. They're, you know, those, what you referred to was a wax pellet that once the engine was running, creating heat, the antifreeze or coolant inside of the engine reached, you know, around 200 degrees. That pellet would soften up. The spring on the other side was strong enough at that point to then open that thermostat to allow the antifreeze to circulate. And then as it would heat and cool with running of the engine, that wax pellet would re-solidify or soften up and, you know, allow that to change. That's still true today. Some vehicles, however, actually use an electronic thermostat where the temperature sensors can read that temperature. And then electrically, they open and close that thermostat, maybe a little more fine-tuning of the temperature of the engine. Car Care Show underway. Nick Stoffel joining us from Lloyd's Automotive on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. And by the way, you can join the program, as always, on our City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. That number is 651-461-9226. If you call the studio, you'll visit with Dennis Matuzak. He'll put you through. Otherwise, texts come right in to me, and we get them on to Nick. Great way to go. Uh, Nick, what tread depth should you start looking for new tires with winter coming on, et cetera? I mean, when is the time? Is there, you know, the, you can take a coin, and if you can see Washington's had that kind of thing. 
Yeah, the, the measurement of 332nd is kind of the standard. Anything below that starts to get a little dangerous. And it's not just for winter driving, keep in mind. We haven't had much rain, but the, the tire tread depth allows us to prevent the, the tires from floating or hydroplaning in a heavy rain situation. So, you know, this time of the year, we look at tires, and the tires that are on the, on the cusp or on the getting close, we'll often tell those customers, you know, you're getting close on tires. You know, if you get any kind of snow and you're like, boy, this thing's all over the road, don't risk an accident. You're going to need your tires. So you happen to buy them a few months early, prevent an accident, way worth the cost of the tires. So, you know, it's one of those items where it's kind of case by case. Some vehicles, the way they're set up and designed, handle a bit better as the tires might wear. Others don't. So keep in mind, if you feel your car's all over the road once we get some of that white stuff, have those tires inspected. If they're getting close on tread, it's well worth the price of a set of tires versus having an unfortunate accident when you're laid up without a vehicle for who knows how long. Quick break. We'll come back with more on the Car Care Show. Uh, we have an ignition switch problem coming up on a 2015 Forester. We'll, we'll get into that momentarily. And by the way, if you want to talk to Nick about your vehicle, uh, by all means, Get a hold of us, 651-461-9226. That is good for a call or a text here on the Car Care Show on a Saturday morning. Steve in for Denny. Denny's on a good neighbor tour. He'll be back in two weeks. By the way, John Hines will be sitting in next Saturday morning here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. Car Care Show on a Saturday morning. Nick Stoffel, Lloyd's Automotive, Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Steve in for Denny. Denny's on a good neighbor tour. He will be back in two weeks. John Hines sitting in next week. Uh, Nick, uh, let's get into that uh, starter problem or ignition problem. When I go to shut off my car, the key gets stuck. I, I can't remove it. I restart it and then shut it off again. And then I can remove the key. Uh, do I need a new switch? What could be going on? Well, that can be unrelated to um, there's a shift interlock, which is a mechanism that prevents us from a couple things: starting the vehicle if it's not in, if it's in gear, uh, we don't want the car to roll away. But when you turn the key off, if it doesn't see all those items in place, it thinks that you're in gear. Or, or something like that. So, you know, the customer's doing or the listener's doing is that they're turning the key back on, starting the vehicle back off. The switch is intermittent, we'll call it. It's releasing the, the lock at that point, allowing the key to fully return, and then it comes out. Now, they should be, yeah, I would tell them to have that looked at because at some point that switch is going to just fail, and then the key will be stuck, and you won't be able to shut the vehicle off, and you have your car exposed to somebody hopping in and starting it up. Yeah, so so it is it is a big deal, but but once again, beyond that, it doesn't have anything to do with the starter motor or any of those other components. It, it's probably right where you engage the key, and I I'm really turned into a big fan. I we have one vehicle at home that now just has a fob, and the push button starts, so it kind of eliminates inserting the key in the ignition switch, and. The push button start is slick. Absolutely. And, you know, keep in mind, a lot of those fobs still, depending on the make and model, will have a blade key 
stored inside of it. And we, sure. and Denny and I talk about this annually. It's like every, every year, you know, especially this time of the year on your checklist, most often there's still a locked cylinder on the driver's door. It's a very good idea to take that key out, work that locked cylinder a few times uh-huh. to make sure it does work. And the reason is, in the event of a dead battery where that fob won't unlock the vehicle, you still have a secondary way into the vehicle to get the hood open to jumpstart that vehicle if necessary. So just another little thing to remember in the fall, if your fob has a key blade stored inside of it, take that blade out, go to the driver's door where there's likely still a locked cylinder, work it a few times, you know, two, three, four, five times, just to make sure it still moves because it's been stationary for a long time, lock, unlock that door. That way you'll have access in the event that your battery goes dead. How often do you need to change the batteries in those fobs? Is it an annual thing? I guess I've never really thought about it. That's another good point. And um, I'm not sure if it's annually because I feel like my, you know, my truck still has a blade key to operate it, but I use the the fob to lock and unlock it. And it seems like um, I've had the truck for over 10 years. I've only replaced the battery a handful of times at most. So I would imagine depending on the vehicle, you might start to notice that the range, like you need to get closer and closer and closer to the vehicle to get it to work. In those situations, you say, yeah, it's getting kind of weak. I should get a new battery. Um, but there's no set time frame, I would say. Yeah, and in those vehicles with the push button start, you know, you need the fob. So the vehicle recognizes that the fob is, you know, somewhere in the vehicle in a pocket or, or, or sitting there. And then you're able to start. My my big worry is battery goes out in that fob or there is a malfunction, you're, you're dead in the water. Not necessarily. Okay. Most vehicles, actually, if you take that fob and put it up right next to the push button, the transponder responder kind of reverses because it'll see that security chip in that. Ah. You can still, still put, put them next to each other. You can still push the button to get it going. But that's, once again, I don't want this to be, oh, I have a new way of going about. This is just a temporary <laughs> solution. You, you can't say this is how I now operate my vehicle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From a mechanic standpoint, it, it, it is the push-button thing. I mean, have you noticed problems with that ignition system, or is it more reliable because in, instead of turning a key and all of that mechanism, you're literally pushing a button? Has is it, is it been more reliable? Is have you had to service those push buttons, for instance? There, there are a few vehicles that we do replace them, but you know, all in all, okay. it's less moving parts. You know, the keys don't wear out. The keys don't get gummed up. The cylinders don't break. Um, you know, it's an, maybe another uh, another technology that helps us with some security aspects to it. Um, but all, all in all, I think it's uh, it's just fine. You, know, you just have to remember not to lose that fob. Um, you know, because people stick them in the purse or stick them in their wallet or wherever, where they used to have their keys in their hand where they knew they were. And I think oftentimes we have more issues with people um, losing the fob and having problems that way. Yeah, and they are expensive because I, I did buy a used pickup truck a couple of years ago, and, and it came with one one set of keys and a, a, a fob for entry and remote start, et cetera. And I had to buy another one, and I was like, "Oh my, this this is uh, this is this yeah, is a bit of money." The day of going to the hardware store to get a two dollar <laughs> key made is long gone, and for good reason. I mean, there there's certain makes and models Excellent. in the world now that we hear about being the theft of these vehicles um, because 
there isn't any of the anti-theft systems built into it. And vehicles are very expensive to buy and maintain and own. And having that security system designed into the vehicle is, is quite honestly priceless. All right, quick break. We have more on the Car Care Show. Still plenty of time to visit with Nick on the program from Lloyd's Automotive. And the phone number on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line, 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. Steve in for Denny. Denny's on a good neighbor tour, uh, taking a little time off. He will be back in two weeks. By the way, John Hines sitting in next Saturday for Denny. Here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. The Car Care Show, Nick Stoff, Lloyd's Automotive, Grand Avenue in St. Paul, joining us. And let's go to the phone lines. By the way, City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. Clement Redwing, you're on the air with Nick. Hello. Good morning, and thanks for taking my call. I've got an 82 Lincoln Mark VI that I had to put a fuel pump in uh, a while ago. And when I went to change the fuel filter, it's a spin-on fuel filter, by the way, not an inline. I went out to Ford, and Motorcraft had discontinued that filter. So I went to the local auto parts store, and they sold me a Wix. Uh, The filter... uh, leaked profusely right away so uh i went back to them and they said well it could have been mispackaged we'll we'll give you another one so i took another one and put it on the car same same thing uh i put the motorcraft filter back on and no leak so any suggestions on a another brand of filter uh or what i could do there i'll hang up and listen you know, I would tell tell the, the listener here to uh, take the part number, if there still is the part number off the old one, and or get that part number from the discontinued one, take that and try to have them cross-reference that. Maybe there's a, you know, a lot of times what happens as these things get older, they take many part numbers and fold them into one replacement, and it isn't always the right fit. So um, there's, also if you go online and you look around, you might be able to find the Motorcraft one online. Like I said, once again, I'd be – Suspect of using just the application just because you don't don't know how cataloging is done at the other end. But if you go back to Ford or if you can read the number on the filter coming out the vehicle and try to seek out that part number, uh, I would imagine, you know, it might take a little time, but you should have some success in, in finding a, a properly fitting replacement. All right. Fuel pumps can certainly be a big job depending on uh, the vehicle. That's that's for sure. Um uh, that 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 can uh, that can be a lot of labor because sometimes like on a pickup truck, got a guy I work with, you know, he had to drop the tank to to get at it, and in, instead he cut a hole in the bed of his pickup truck to get at it. Uh, it was an older truck, um, and you got to know the guy to understand, but. Um, he, he was able to get we, at we, it. We we don't we don't advise to cut a hole in the floor of the vehicle, but no. no. A lot of newer vehicles actually have an access panel built into them. So, you know, as as things have evolved, you know, the the fuel pumps started as they were mechanical on the engine. Then they put them in the fuel tank. We had removed the tank. And if you live in Minnesota, after a few years, those straps to get the tank down were pretty much 
rusted in place, and now they've evolved where now we have access panels of many many vehicles that make it easier to uh, to replace them. Yeah, and th- this this was a vehicle that you know he cut a hole in it to get at it, and it's not a big deal. It may have actually improved. Uh, the vehicle when he cut the hole in it. Um, Nick, a couple of quick ones from our text line before we run out of time here on the program. 2015 Mazda CX-5 diagnosed needing timing cover seal uh, valve cover gasket uh, and crank seal. It was 1500 bucks. Uh, the mechanic had detected an oil leak. Uh, they, the The owner of the vehicle doesn't, uh, see a decrease in oil on the dipstick. How soon does this need to be dealt with? You know, I, I would ask you know the person that incessed the vehicle to maybe give them a visual inspection. Let, okay. let them see it with you or get a second opinion. Uh, oil leaks are tough, you know, especially if it's like a crank seal where that can go from bad to worse real quickly. Where oftentimes like a valve cover gas gets more of a seeping type situation, which you can monitor with time. So I might get a second opinion where. The customer themselves can get a photo or a video or get a look at, put their eyes on themselves to make a better informed decision. Well, Nick, it's always good to visit with you. A pleasure to hear the show each and every week with Denny Long, the Car Care Show. Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive. How do people reach you at Lloyd's? Yeah, quickly here. So if you're in St. Paul ever, we're at the corner of Grand and Chatsworth, 982 Grand Avenue. If you ever have a question or need some advice, feel free to call. It's 651-228-1316. And if you're on your device or your computer, check out our website at lloydsautomotive.net. Well, Nick, uh, have a great day, and thanks. Hey, thank you, Steve. All right, Nick Stoffel, Lloyd's Automotive, fabulous Grand Avenue in St. Paul. We'll come back. Jack Farrell in his weekly wine chat. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.